Welcome to this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. And we are in the final week of our Jesus Loves Marriage and Family series. And today, we have Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster and myself, David Foster, who will be co-pastor. And we're talking about Let's Stay Together. Some principles and tactics and strategies to help you better communicate, have better connection, and to better honor the covenant of marriage. Before we get started, we'd like to give you the opportunity to partner with us, and that's by sowing a seed into this ministry so we can keep producing these podcasts, our YouTube videos, our Facebook Live, to continue to reach people who are looking to meet Jesus, change their life, and find their purpose. Now, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can text New Antioch, all one word, to 77977. Next, you can use Cash App. That's New A Aliante, two A's. And please use your government name so we can give you the proper credit. You can visit our website. That's newantioch-aliante.org. Follow the Donate tab and it'll take you safely and securely. You can mail it in. It's 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, on to the episode. If you're new here, and if you didn't know, we call Jesus just about every Sunday, but this year, we and I were binge Jesus year. And some of you have heard about binging a show, and you just watch it until it's done. You watch all other episodes, and you go back to when it first started. Because I ain't never seen none of the episodes. I I don't know. Um, I can't start right here where it's at. I have to go back to the beginning. So I can know what happened. You are revenging Jesus. And some of us, we have to go back to the beginning. I just can't start right here. Even for those who are new, you're brand new. Like I just met Jesus. It's just like somebody just introduced you to the TV show. And they on season season nine. But you got to go all the way back to the beginning. You just met Jesus. Go all the way back to the beginning and see. Let me see why I can trace it. Let me see. Oh, oh, right there. Oh, when I was trying to get on the school bus and the kids was pushing me back. It was Jesus that put me on. Oh, when I was in high school and I was being picked on and bullied. It was Jesus that sent my big sister to help me. Oh, when I got into that bad relationship and and I didn't know how I was going to make it out. It was Jesus that pulled me out. Oh, let me go back to the beginning and binge Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you've been there all along. It's a good show. It got ups and downs. It got, it got twists and turns. It got highs and lows. It got some, some happy and some sad in it. Oh, this is a good show. Yes. But in all of the episodes, Jesus, even in the, the new, the, the one that they going to remake right now, Jesus. It's just Jesus. For those of you who are new, it's just Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Jesus. The Son of God. Jesus. The living sacrifice. Jesus. The one who gave his life for us. For those of you who are new, you're going to hear all about it. And you'll keep hearing all about it. But you're like, what is going on with the people? 
And I just feel like every Sunday I need to stop and tell y'all because I don't want y'all to think that's all this church say. Uh, Tony uh, Bell sent me a, a video of his little niece. And she said, uh, is that the Break the Chain Church? Break every chain, church. Because we have started singing that song so much. Well, I do want us to be known as the Jesus Church. Is that the Jesus Church? They just keep talking about Jesus and singing about Jesus and praying Jesus and preaching Jesus. Yeah, we're the Jesus Church. Because something happens when we call his, his name and I want you to, I don't know if you grabbed a hold of it, but I don't want you to miss it. The first song that the praise team sang, you all, it's a declaration. And Minister Tisha told you, she's, she's speaking prophetically. And the Bible says to speak those things that are not as though they are. And don't be shy in the place. Don't be shy. Anybody got kids that need to be saved? That can be doing better. Oh, yes. I need my kids to be better. Oh, yes. Well, she declared that right here in this place, your sons and your daughters. You didn't even do nothing but say, I agree. That's right, God. I got some sons and daughters that need you. I got some sons and daughters that need their life to be changed. And so we agreed in this place. And all, I, all we want you to do just tell us when he do it. Yeah. 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 I just happened to be in church on that Sunday and the praise team just kept on saying over and over that your sons and your daughters will be saved right here in, in this place. We know stuff happening out there but we declared a healing in this place. And then they said that your body would be healed. It's going to be healing to take place in this place, just let us know, because you're in an atmosphere where Jesus is being called, heck can I see where Jesus is being called upon, where healing is in the place. And I got a few people that say, I need, I need this broken heart healed. I need that relationship healed. I need this sickness healed. I need my body healed. And because you are here receiving, crying upon Jesus. We declare and believe that it is done. And so when you feel that weight lift off of you, like, oh, that's gone. It's been here for, for years. I want you to say I was there that day. And they just, I said it too. I said Jesus. I didn't even know. I, I'm not sure because I'm brand new here, but I just said Jesus anyway. I believed in the God that they profess. I believed that God is doing something. She said that God did it for her grandma and that God did it for her. Oh God, would you do it for me too? Jesus, would you do it for me too? Jesus, would you heal for me too? Jesus, would you heal my sons and daughters? Jesus, will you make a way for me? Me too, Jesus. Me too, Jesus. Jesus, oh, I just want you to know where you are 
And so for those of you who said, Pastor Rhonda, we know all of that. Lou Antioch, we got some new people. And they brand new. They just got introduced to Jesus. And so sometimes we're going to have to explain a little bit more. We're going to have to stop and say some things. And so I'm going to get to this message because we, we kind of missed it last week, but Jesus did. He did whatever he wanted to do on, uh, on last week. But I'm going to get to this. But New Antioch, would y'all stand with me really quick? And then we're going to go right into the word. But I heard something this morning. Y'all look good in here today. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here online. But I heard something just as I was getting dressed to walk out the door today. And for those of you who don't know, I'm Pastor Sharonda. I co-pastor this campus with Dr. Naida Parson. Um, he said this. Uh, we are one campus in three locations. We are the second location here in the Aliante area. There's a central campus. There's a, a Sunrise campus. We're the Aliante campus. And he said to me, and I'm glad that they said right here in this place, because we're praying for our brothers and sisters, our sisters. Those are the other two campuses. But God said to me this morning, he said, Sharonda, I promise, are you ready for what I'm doing in Aliante? He said, you see me doing it. He said, would you tell them to hang in there with us? Would you tell them to prepare for what God is doing? Would you tell them you all and I, and I see all of us walking out together. We, and I know, you know, churches say that all the time, but I heard God say this. And I don't say stuff and unless I heard it, I'll just say and I hope for something. But I heard God say this. And what I want to see you all is all of you who are Eliante. I want to see us cross over this place together. I want to see us come into, and my goodness, it's some of the, some of the things that we admire in other churches. Some of the things that are happening that we see other places. God said, I'm getting ready to open them up right here in Aliante. The room that we need to do what he's going to do. We're going to look around and be like, wow, this is us. This is what God is doing in us. And so he said, tell them. For those of you who have been with us for a while, stay. Let's, let's walk this out together. For those of you who are new, I pray that your declaration is, I'm going with them. Because they're going with Jesus. I'm going with them. Because he's moving in them. And so I wanted to tell you, some of y'all kind of sitting on the fence and some of you have been visiting over here with, uh, with us for a while and trying to decide. Some of you have decided that this is your church home. I just wanted to remind us and tell you that God is still speaking in this house and that God said, Aliante, you're, you're not going to recognize yourself. The favor of God is resting on us now Ooh, now and so I just wanted to share that um, for those of you who are at our leadership conference come on Eliante we were united 
And y'all, it was a, not that big of a thing, right? It was our leadership conference, and our pastor had challenged us to, to be united as a team where people could see us united, um, that people could tell that we were one team, that we were united. And so we united in the way we looked. We united in the colors that we wore. We um, united in, in our song. We came up with a chant for Aliante. We, we marched in together. We took pictures together. And it was, oh, maybe 28 of us, Tiffany. Well, we got more than that. I think we at least got 150 if we count all of the kids. I want all of us to be united. And so I just wanted to share with you all that God said, you all are in the right place at the right time. And so I want us to pull together on one team. And this ain't, this ain't my message, but I want us to do this. If anybody, inside or out, if they come carrying negative news and information, as our pastor says, I want us to all work for the fire department. And I want you to douse that thing out so fast. I don't want you to allow anybody to have any room. You know, the opposite of a firefighter, you're going to throw gasoline on it. Ooh, I know, show did, did it. You know, you engaged. But for us, united, I want us to be firefighters. And whatever comes that's against what God is doing, I want you to pour water on that. And then if you need to talk to the person, talk to them. But as far as those that are carrying in an arsonist that's trying to start fires, the arsonist starting fires. Oh, but you didn't ran up a, against the right firefighter today. Because I know all of the tools and all of the tactics to put the fire out. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's get to our message. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. And so thank you for remaining standing. We're going to get into our message. So last week, and we're going to move on along this week. Last week, we, we didn't get to, we're in a four-part series for those of you who are new here. We're in a marriage and family. This is our Jesus Loves Month. And so we took the whole month of February to talk about marriage and family. And boy, we've had an amazing month. Well, this is supposed to be the last Sunday. Um, because it was only for February. Well, last Sunday, we kind of got through off and prayer just took over the whole service. And we're grateful for what the Holy Spirit did. And so what we're going to do today, what I'm going to do today, is I am going to start with last week's message. For all of those who said, please don't leave that one out. I'm going to start with last week's, uh, last week's message. I'm not going to go into all of the detail that I would have because this week's is let's stay together. Come on, let's stay together. And so what I'm, I'm going to start with the others. And then Mr. Foster. Y'all know Mr. Foster? That's my husband. That's my husband. He and I have been together for 30 years. And so he's going to come. And do an introduction on Let's Stay Together. And then we'll be back and we're going to close this out together. We're going to close it out together. And so first we're starting with the others. The others. And so Matthew 16, 4 through 6 says, He replied, 
Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Come on. Have you never read that? It's Jesus. Have you never read that? He who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined inseparably to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but but one flesh. Therefore, 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 what God has joined together, let no one separate. As you go to your seat, say, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Again, we're in our marriage and family, and we talked about the house that marriage built. We talked about mind your own business, which was about individuality and not losing yourself even in the marriage, taking care of yourself. Today is about the others. The others. When I first started working on this, every time I said, the others, my voice would get deep like that. And the only thing that I could picture you all, and I know all of us have seen a scary movie. I don't watch it no more, but I have seen some scary movies. And y'all seen scary movies where the people, they run into inside the house. Um, but there's people outside the house, and, and so it's people at the door, and it's, and it's people trying to climb in through the windows, and you hear knocks and creaks upstairs, and lights are flickering on and off, and every time you open the door, somebody's there, so you slam it right back. Uh, when I thought about the others, I thought about a scary movie. Who's coming in the window? Don't answer the phone. <laughs> Don't go to the door. I hear something upstairs. The Others was a scary movie. But God said, that's not what I want you to talk about. He said, I don't want people to think that about the Others. And so if my voice go deep, just know I'm having a flashback. Because it would be the Others crawling through through windows but who are the others and so I want us to understand what that is and remember we're talking about marriage and we're talking about family and so the others are anyone that is not the husband or the wife all of the other people are the others the children the others Mom and daddy, the others. Brothers and sisters, the others. Friends, the others. Exes, the others. Your job, the others. You said a voice happened, a voice came in, the others. Your exes, the scary movie, the others. Your grandkids, the others. Anyone that is outside of the husband and the wife is the others. All of those people, they are additional. They extra. And I could feel somebody saying, don't be calling my mama other. 
she is. She is. The Bible says, for this reason, a man shall leave, leave his father and his mother and shall be joined inseparably to his wife. When we were little kids, for those of you, um, you all don't know us, a lot of us, a lot of you don't know me, but I am one of 11 children born right here in 89106. And our father was a serious family man. He was going to make sure that the 11 of us knew that we had one another. You don't need nobody else because you got your brother and you got your sister. And he grilled it into us all of the time. And so there were instances, and I remember this one in particular. I had to be seven or eight, and y'all, he didn't care. He'd been uh, lecturing us since we were about three years old, and he would be serious, call everybody in, everybody, everybody come in and sit down. I got something to say. So at this time, maybe seven or eight, and he called all of us kids in there, and, I, and he said, look, he said, Rhonda, he would be testing us, grilling us. He said, what you going to do? He said, so Rhonda, mind you, I'm seven or eight. He said, Rhonda, what you going to do when you get an old man? You get you an old man. And he don't like your sister. But your sister, she needs to come and live with y'all. But your old man, he don't like your sister. What you going to do about that, Rhonda? And me with my seven or eight-year-old self, uh-uh, daddy. Because if he don't like my sister, that old man got to go. It's going to be me and my sister forever. He got to get out of here. And he was like, that's right, Rhonda. <laughs> we were raised like that. But as I got older, as I grew up and as we grew up, we had to learn how to honor our family and keep our marriage primary. Because we have had instances what a spouse don't really care for your brother, your sister, or somebody. And instead of us choosing, we had to learn how to honor the family and keep our marriage primary. And so I ask you on this afternoon, what is the order and how does your household fall? How does it fall? Who, who's on the top? And then how's the rank? Who or what is above your spouse, you married people? It should be God at the helm. Then your spouse. And then your children. Then mama and them. And then everybody else, brother, sister, cousin, friend. And so I ask you to honestly say, in what order do you have the others? Do you have your spouse down in the other's category? Or are they primary? I found three categories of others. And remember, that's anybody that's outside of the husband and the wife. The others are the intruder, the invited, and the in-between. The others. The first one is the intruder. And they are just like what I described in the scary movie. They are the one that is butting in to your business. 
They are the ones that's looking in through the windows and all up in the kitchen and, and they up in your bedroom and every time you open the door, they're standing at the door. That's the intruder. The intruders are the others that are running your marriage. They have input and influence on everything. They want your marriage to run like their marriage or like their household. They barge in. They are intrusive. They always got something to say. They assume that they know what you need, the intruder. I know what y'all need to do. This is what y'all need to do. The, the intruder, they get an attitude when you don't do it their way. You disrespecting them when you don't want to hear them. And you tell husband and wife, you tell everybody that I tried to get them out of our business, but they just won't listen. The intruder. And then the next group of the others is the invited. We find comfort in the invited. And often, often, we find comfort in them much more than we do our spouses. We like them. We run to the invited for advice and counsel without even talking to our spouse about it. They're the invited. You tell them everything that goes on in your house. They're invited. They know things about your spouse that they shouldn't know. Because you've talked to them, the invited others, about your spouse. And then you wonder why they don't care for your spouse. It's because you've given them too much information about your spouse. And when you told them about your spouse, you was mad. You was upset. And so you, you told on your spouse. But now you and your spouse, they made up. Y'all booed But the other is still mad, still angry, and still don't like your spouse. Why? Because we forgot to tell them the good stuff. We forgot to tell them. I was just mad. I was just mad on that day. Ooh, but you know, you know, I, ain't, I love them. I ain't going nowhere. The invited. Your mama is still primary. She is above your spouse. For some of you, it's your dad. Your dad is primary. He is above your spouse. Both husbands and wives, we do this. We invite them in. My sisters and I, we have a conversation. We had to stop doing that, y'all. We got six brothers. I just call my brother. <laughs> I call my brother to fix it. Oh, my brother know how to do that. Oh, my brother. And we had to stop. We had husbands. And so we had the invited in the way. The invited, their voice is the loudest and their opinion matters the most. Whatever they say, go despite what your spouse said because they've been invited in. And then we act like we're afraid to correct the invited because we've allowed it to go too far. You love it and you hate it. But they're in. And when your spouse says something about them, you got an attitude. Your children are above your spouse. 
whatever they say go. They're invited in. Y'all tell mama what y'all want. Tell mama what you don't like. Tell mama what you want to do. And then they come above your spouse. And some of you men are the same way. They are the invited. And this brings us to the, y'all quiet. This brings us to the other group. I know, I know I'm in here. This brings us to the other group, the in-between. So there's the intruder, the invited. We welcome them in. And then there's the in-between. They're invited when you need them. But when you don't, you want them out. They're in between. They're the in between because one spouse wants them in. And the other spouse wants them out. You invited them in. But your spouse disagrees. But now you're afraid of hurting their feelings. And so you don't know how to get them out. They're in between. And so, spouse, you're, you're there with your spouse, but I invited them in. I want them there. And so you're torn between two lovers, feeling like a fool. That's where you are because you love them. It is your family, it is your sibling, it is your mom, it is your friends. You're torn between two lovers, feeling like a fool. It's ruining your marriage. And then this I have to bring up. Because do I need to bring up your ex? Your ex-husband or wife, your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, your children's mom, their dad? You all have them in that in-between category. And so in some ways you have them in. For some things, you, you're still trying to prove something to them. And so you don't close the door on them completely. Because you still want them. I'm still doing good and I'm, I'm still looking good. And I, and I am with him, but I, I still want you to see me. In between. That door is not closed with your ex. You still got them in. Their opinion still matters. You're giving them too much room and, and too much play. You're torn between two lovers. Feeling like a fool. Understand that they are the others. Oh, I know I'm in here. They are the father or the mother of your child. And that's what they get to have say over. Not your life. Not what you do. Not who you see. Not where you go. You got to check with them before you go somewhere. You still got them as your friends for what? Y'all know what that is if it ain't right. I'm, I'm all about co-parenting. I'm all about it being healthy. But if it ain't right, you need to close that door. You still trying to prove something to them. And you still go around. Oh, they going to be there. Why you put that on? You knew. You knew. They are others. But you got them in between. 
And when your spouse says something, then you want to say, we got kids together. And that's all. That's all you all have together. But you like to keep them. All that unlimited access to you. All that popping up and calling and questioning you. That got to go. They're the others. And you spouse. You have to rescind the invitation. You have to rescind this invitation. That you, this, is, this is so huge. You have to rescind the invitation that you gave your ex. Why they still got control over you and you married? Or you single, but they still got control. You're still hiding. You still don't want them to know everything. What is that? They're an other. But they're in between and you, you got them in there. The in-between others, the invited others, and the intruders. Understand that they do not serve your marriage if you can't control them. Okay, let's get to it. Because we understand that all families are unique, and y'all got me scared. And they have um, their own dynamic. Y'all like, oh, boy, Pastor Rhonda, we got to go home today. All families have their own dynamic, but the principle is the same. We need the others, y'all. We need the others. The, the ex, the kids need the ex. But we need the others. They are our family. Um, we can't pull them in when we need them and then shut them down when we don't want them. We have to do something with the others. And the truth is, and this kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, at any given moment, we are, I am the others. And so we're on the inside and we're the husband and the wife and the others. But then at any moment, I am the other. I have siblings that are married, I am the other. I have adult children with their own lives, I am the other. I got a mama who remarried when my daddy passed. I am the other. Family? <laughs> my sister did this. <laughs> and we're going to leave it right there. Our mom remarried and she had all adult children. Our daddy died. <laughs> and that was our daddy. I mean, I can't go no further. But at some time, we are all the others. And so I just want to give you a few things so we can get to let's stay together. But what do we do with the others? The first one is balance and boundary. Balance and boundary is what we have to have when it comes to the others. And, and I want to tell this story really quick about Moses. You all know Moses who led the children of Israel out of captivity. And he had all of these folks out here in the middle of the desert. And it was just Moses. And, and uh, Moses had got married, remember, before he, got, he went back over to, um, to Egypt. He had got married. And he got called him to go do a job. And so his father-in-law kept his wife and their children there with him and then as Moses got on out into the wilderness and I guess when it was time they got to a place his father-in-law Jethro brought his wife and his children out to where he was on bringing your kids and your wife now brother but when he got there 
Moses was trying to judge all of these people's issues. He was, you know, he was sitting there, you got a dispute, you brought it to Moses, and, and then he would tell you what to do. And it said that Moses would be there from dusk till dawn, all day trying to, and his father-in-law was there, and he pulled him to the side, and he said, look, you can't keep doing this like this. There's too many of them, and not enough of you. You need to appoint some help. And so Moses listened to the counsel of his, his father-in-law. And he got some help, and, and it was good for Moses. And then it says at the bottom of that scripture, it says, Jethro, father-in-law, he said, he helped. He helped him with his kids and wife, and then brought him home. He saw what was going wrong, and he gave him wise counsel, and Moses took it. And then it says Jethro helped. Moses thanked him, and Jethro went home. boundaries and balance it's okay Moses needed his help he needed him to help take care of his family while he was out on assignment he needed him for wise counsel but he helped and Moses thanked him and then Jethro went home spouses we have to do the same thing others we have to do the same thing you are invited in and you came in and you were glad to be there he thanked him for his help and then it says he went home others sometimes we gotta go home and they invited you into that one situation. They didn't invite you to every situation. Jeffro did not stay there and said, boy, let me tell you how to run this. I know what to do. It says he went home. And you know what else Jethro could not do unless he was going to send a carrier pigeon? He couldn't keep throwing up in Moses' face. Remember I helped you? Remember what I did? There's boundaries and balance. You can ask them in. Y'all, we're going to need help married people. We, you can ask for help and, and wise counsel and all of the things, but you have to know when that's enough for your spouse and others. We have to know we helped. We did, but don't take over. Jeffro didn't say, I'm running this camp now. No, he said, and he went home. Others sometimes it's just time for us to go home. The wise counsel is good. And we need it, y'all. They showing us, they teaching us. But it's boundaries and it's balance. The next thing that you have to do is correct and communicate. We have to be able to correct in the right manner and through healthy communication, let your spouse know what is wrong. Let the others know what is wrong. And this is, this is just a Sharonda thing. And I did look up a few psychologists to see if they were in agreement with me, and they were. And so I say this, married couple, correct and communicate. There's need to be a correction made about one of the others. And then we need to communicate that to the other, the others, those that are outside. There should, this, is, this is Sharonda saying this and other psychologists. There should never be a time where your spouse has to correct your family. Your mama acting up. Why does you, your spouse have to say something? You correct your own mom. That's your brother that sleep on our couch. You have to correct him. 
It shouldn't be because you know what that breeds you all when your spouse has to do it. It's unnecessary hurt. And what it do is pit the, the spouse against the other person. And it makes it feel like the spouse is not in agreement with you because if my brother agreed, he would have told me. But you send your wife over here to tell me that? There shouldn't be an instance. You all, we have to, what does it say? Mind our own business. You have to mind your own family. It makes it look like, um, I don't got no problem with it, but he don't want you here, so you tell mama she got to go because I really want my mama to stay. And now you and your spouse are at odds. And the other and your spouse are at odds because you make them the bad guy. You can say it in healthy communication, set the boundary around your marriage and your home, and still uh, respect them. The other thing in respect is respect and reverence. So we got balance and boundary, correct and communicate. And we got respect and reverence. Listen to this husband and wife. A part of you loving your spouse is loving their family. That is a part of your job. Do you not know that you're loving your spouse when you love their family? You have to respect them and revere them of their family. You got to honor their family because they love their family. And guess what, spouse? They had a family before you showed up. It's not easy for your spouse when they're at odds. When you're at odds with their family, you put your spouse in a difficult position. When they have to choose between you and their family, they love their family. I know it's other situations where the spouse don't like their own family, so they just fine with the family being the other. So y'all, everybody on the same page. But for some of you, they love their family. But they love you too, spouse. Stop making them choose between which one. Spouse, you should be primary. But they still love their family. Spouse, they already chose you. Don't make them choose against their family. Uh, Respect and reverence. Give grace because you never know when you will be one of the others. Give grace to that one. We've been a tight family this whole time. Y'all don't even know how y'all have best friends. And and now that best friend that got a boyfriend, it's like you done kicked me to the curb. and, And I'm not here now. I'm one of the others. But we have to be careful and mindful to give grace about that stop talking about your spouse's family and friends to them your spouse is trying to love you and they love their family stop selling his mama crazy stop talking about he love his mama and his family stop telling him his kid is bad and they need to He loved those people, y'all. She loves those people. Stop talking about them to your spouse. It hurts. It hurts when you don't have nothing good to say because they still love those people. Stop talking about them. And they trying to stay good with you and listening to you talk so bad about them, um, but they hurt. They hurt. And stop trying to make them choose. 
You all have created a family that's within your home, husband and wife, that's primary. But the others will always be a part of the family and friends. They need them. And guess what, spouse? You're not the only person they need. You keep sending everybody else on like you're the only person they need. You're not. I know that your spouse completes you and it's me and you, babe. But sometimes you really just need to get away from your spouse. Sometimes you need a conversation with a friend. You need to talk to your mom. You need to talk to your dad. You need to talk to your sister or your brother. Spouse, you are not fulfilling everything that they need. Stop running off everybody. We know the others can be the others. But I am so grateful for healthy relationships with the others. I've been able to have, and I know some of y'all got some mother-in-law, some father-in-law, some brothers and sisters just, just woo. Um, but I've been blessed to have great others. I don't know if they would say that about us. <laughs> when I'm the other, because others, we get territorial and we get our feelings hurt and we feel left out and we feel replaced. But if we can follow these balance and boundary, correct and communicate, don't let it get too far and then respect and reverence then that's how we can um, be more careful and have a healthy relationship with the others. Amen. 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 I am going to bring on up. I keep going to say Pastor Foster. Mr. Foster. And we're going to go into you all because we talked about, uh, we talked about the um, house that marriage built and building a foundation. We talked about minding your own business. And we talked about the others. And now this, the fourth install was, let's stay together. Let's stay together. So here's Mr. Foster. He's going to talk about let right. uh, Sean, if you can go to that first slide, please. All right, see, now, we plan everything. We plan the marriage, we plan the honeymoon, we plan to go on the trips, but do we plan to stay together, right? And if you can see on this slide, at age of... in the plane and we the co-pilots we get the crews in altitude they get to handing out the snacks the beverages and uh the movie and all that but as soon as we hit a little turbulence somebody's looking for a parachute hmm. and why is that why is that because it's easy to bail out when it gets a little friction it's easy just to jump overboard and get to the parachute right but we co-pilots in this thing in this plane called marriage even even if we lose altitude we can gain it back but as co-pilots, we have to communicate. We got to listen to the air traffic controller who is God. He's guiding us in. So we're the co-pilots, but he's guiding us in. We got to let him guide us in. And if we're going to be co-pilots on this plane, the main thing we have to do is communicate. 
In James 1 and 9, it states, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be, should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Sean, if you can go to my first point. And so my first point is, it's communication. Clarity over confusion. Now, good communication is the foundation of any marriage. If you like me in my heydays, back in the mid-90s, it was, it was songs like Jodeci, Come and Talk to Me. Uh, Tevin, Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk? You know, they, were, they was urging us to talk and communicate. I didn't know what they was talking about then because I was trying to dance, but they, they was urging us to communicate back then through the songs, right? And, and one spouse might be better at communicating than the other one, but we both communicate in our own ways. Some, some spouses may be a communicator as a profession, but we both communicate in our own ways. And so one of the things you hear is, so, so what you trying to say? What you saying? Sometimes it's not clear when we get into an argument or get into a discussion, but communication is a two-way street, not a one-way highway. We got to allow each other to speak, each other's lanes. You don't want to cut nobody off. You hate getting cut off in traffic, right? Well, it's the same way in conversation. You don't want nobody to cut you off. So let them, let them get their point across. Let them be heard. You make your point, and then let them make theirs. Ask them, are you done? Make sure they're done before you cut them off. And, and, and an argument is not communication, right? Nobody's heard when we're yelling. We're just loud, and nobody's heard. We're yelling, and, and, and no, can't nobody be heard. So tone it down. You don't have to always be loud. And another thing is, is, is being in your feelings. You know how people say, oh, man, you just in your feelings. Oh, I feel some type of way. But you're right. You live in your feelings. And, and you got to get out of your feelings to be understood sometimes. But be respectful and be honest about how you feel. You, you're doing the merge a disservice by not being honest and, and, and telling them how you actually feel about it. Um, a lot of times it's just a misunderstanding which can lead to miscommunication. Right, it's a, uh, I don't know if you know, it's an it's a old blues song by, by a guy named Lattimore, and it was called Let's Straighten It Out. I grabbed these song references because I used to be a DJ, so I got all these song references and, and stuff to apply. But it was, a, it was a line in the song that said, you sitting around the house pouting all day long. How do you expect me to understand when I don't even know what's wrong? So you need some clarity. You, I, I got to understand what you're saying so we can work through the problem. Proverbs 3 and 13 says, blessed is one who finds wisdom and gains understanding. Let me get an understanding of what you're trying to say. Do, are we clearly understanding each other? Another thing is healthy dialogue. Uh, in Ephesians 4 and 29 it says, don't let, no, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building each other up according to their needs that they may benefit those who listen. And so our words can do a lot of things. They can hurt. They can hinder they can help. Sometimes it's, it's not what was said, it was how you said it, right? You, you cut them a certain kind of way when you said something. Our words hurt, hold a certain kind of way. You could have said something five years ago, but they remember that when you said it. And that wound probably haven't closed up yet. So be careful how you say something. You know, we just got to receive it in the right way. It just depends on how you tell them what, what you're trying to say to them. So just don't be so harsh with your words. Try to learn how to soften that blow a little bit and being respectful of each other's values and views. We might not see things the same way based on how we was raised, based on our family, based on the others, but uh, you gotta give each other enough respect to understand I can hear your value and I can hear your views and we can meet somewhere in the middle on our communication. And you gotta be careful of the nonverbal communication, what's not being said. It's the statistics saying 85% of what's being said is not coming out your mouth, so 
It's your attitude. It's how you look. It's, it's, it's the non-eye contact. It's the little short answers. You're saying it. You're just not saying it. Right? You're saying it in a certain way. You ever been, like, in, in a room and, you know, we all been in that situation. You might be in a room with your spouse or whatever, and y'all sitting over a mad dog. Ain't, ain't nobody saying nothing to each other. Y'all just uptight, and you're not saying nothing, but your energy is saying something. Right? Silence is so loud. You can, you can cut it with a knife. And so don't let, that, don't let that fester up. Don't let that, you know, just build up, resolve that, and don't let that mis- miscommunication build up because it could come out at the wrong time. It's been building up, and you ask me, you want some more green beans? I don't want no more green beans. I, I just asked you about some green beans, but it's something that's been building up and festering the whole time, and it can be the smallest little thing, and you just go off, right? That's because that communication issue wasn't settled. So make sure you settle that communication. Don't let it just build up. It's just sitting there mounting and mounting and mounting. So let's say, hey, can we talk about this? And, and that's another thing. Timing is everything. Uh, in the Bible, it says it's the time to speak and the time to be quiet. So you got to gauge what's the right time. Coming home from work, a hard day's work, a stressful day, it might not be the right time to bring that situation up, right? Uh, you know, just having an argument with your family or something, but try to gauge, you know, where your spouse is feeling, how they're feeling, and pick the right time to insert that, uh, you know, conversation or that discussion. You might do it doing pillow talking. You might get a little further with pillow talking. You're on the bed, it ain't too much stress going on. You might have to slide it to them then. So understand what's the best time to, to drop that seed of information and talk to them. You just got to figure out where to insert it at, right? You just got to figure it out. And so now, James 3, 8, and 10, it says, But no man or woman can tame the tongue. It is unruly and evil and full of deadly poison. If you go down to 10, it says, Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So that tongue is it, so small, but it carries so much weight. And once you say something, you can't take it back. You can't unsay it. Even if you're texting somebody and you send it and you're mad in the heat of the moment, you can't unsend that. It's the same when you spew it out into the atmosphere. You can't take it back. So be careful and thoughtful about what you're saying to somebody because you ain't going to be able to take that back. And watch that, that, that little tongue. Watch that mouth. Uh, another thing, if you go to point two, Uh, We're talking about connection, and let's stay together. And it's collaboration over confrontation. we got to collaborate. A marriage is a powerful partnership. There were some powerful couples in the Bible, some power couples in the Bible, even before the term existed. we got Adam and Eve, Ruth and Boaz, Abraham and Sarah, Priscilla and Aquila. And the thing about a couple, a power couple, whatever, if you're not a power couple, you're a couple anyway, is I got you, you got me, and we got us. Who else? Who else can we trust? We got, we got each other in this thing. We got each other. And so just like in a business, each partner brings a different skill set and mindset to the marriage. So we got to understand what you bring, what I bring, and find out a way so we can complement each other. Right? It's not a competition, but cooperation and collaboration. We, you know, some marriages, they get into this competition thing where we're trying to outdo each other and we're trying to one-up each other. And uh, like, well, like, what are we doing? Really, like, what are we doing? We're supposed to be working towards a common goal. We're on a team, so we can save that energy and put it towards one thing instead of trying to compete and, and, and you know, go against each other. Don't compete with me. Eat with me. Yeah. Let's, let's eat together. Let's not, we don't got to compete like that. We're on, the, we're on the same team. And let's discover and develop what we can do together as a couple. You still might have your own individual things that you do, but it might be something that we can both put our hand to. Let's sort of try to discover that and figure out, you know, what it is. In the book of Genesis, God uses one of Adam's ribs to make Eve as a reminder that woman w- was created to be beside the man. 
Together the man and woman complement each other in marriage and in Christ. They are heirs together in the grace of life. So we complement each other. Came from my rib. I, Adam probably wanted the rib, you know, but he gave it up so he can get a so he can get a mate. He gave it up so he can get a mate, right? So we're gonna complement each other. We all know that marriage is seasonal. It's a season of success, a season of suffering, a season of silence, and then a season of settling. We're gonna settle in. And this is what it is. We're here together. We're going to work this thing out. We're going to figure it out. It's going to go through its different seasons. It's all right at first, but it's going to get rough and rocky, but we need to settle in and say, we're here for it, and we're going to work it out. It was a scene from um, the movie Fences. Anybody seen Fences? Remember Fences? Okay, Denzel Washington, great movie. And it was a scene where Denzel kind of got upset, and he said, don't, you know, he was kind of, it was a pride thing. With men, it's a pride thing. He said, well, don't you know I've been standing in the same place for 18 years? And his wife said, well, I've been standing right here with you. I've been right here with you. We're going to stay together. We're we going to ride this thing out together. We're going to ride it out together. Uh, the other day, me and my wife was coming from uh, this, this office, and uh, we was going down the stairs. And uh, she didn't want to hold on the rail. And so we held on to each other's hands, and we was going down the stairs. And I joked, but I'm like, okay, if we fall, we're going down together. We, we might get each other up, but hey, we're going we gonna to go down together with this thing. I'm not going to let you go. You're not going to let me go. So we're going to ride this thing out together. But you got to be united. got to be together. It's your partner. You're not, you're not roommates. We're life mates. We're not just paying rent together and covering the bills and you going your way. We're we life mates. We're together. We started this thing for a reason. And so the bottom line is connection multiplies communication. Clarity conveys communication. But the commitment carries our communication and our connection. We got a commitment. Let's say we got a commitment to, to communicate. I owe it to you. You owe it to me. Let's, let's communicate and let's figure these things out. We can work this thing out, but we got to communicate and we got to be clear and we got to be concise. So let's keep the commitment of staying together. All right? Let's stay together. Let's stay up here together. Uh, Keith, we're about ready. We just had one more on that slide, uh, Sean, and that is um, the covenant. It is commitment and covenant over convenience. You all, we made a covenant. And we made a covenant before God. And if you know God, he is serious about his covenant. He likens marriage to Jesus' relationship with the church. And I know y'all know that he puts up with us. He don't leave when we get on his nerves. That we ought to stay in respect and in relationship with him. And so let's stay together. And I want us to understand married people. Your marriage weighs something. It has value to it. But we so easy throw it away. I'm out of here. I want to leave. I'm getting a divorce because it's inconvenient. It don't match up to what you thought it was going to be. We got to be tougher than that. Because now some of you, I don't want you to stay in a dangerous situation. I don't want you to remain if you're, you're not safe anymore. Um, if it's just repeat offenses of, of abandoning you and going to find somebody else and all of that. But some of the other stuff, y'all, even though it be bad, we got to tough some stuff out. Because we made a covenant. 
And he made a covenant with you. And he's toughened some things out with you. You ain't made the relationship easy with God. But he chooses to stay with you. And for some of you, I know that the marriage is not in a good place right now. But we got to tough it out. Because I made a covenant. And I hold value to the covenant I made. Um, We were not coerced for, for us. Nobody made us do it. We understood that we were saying this before our family and friends and most of all before God. And so God is in the middle of it. And so it's worth fighting for because our marriage, it got some weight to it. It has value to it. And we don't want to throw it away so easily. And so for all of you couples that are standing in there in the good fight, to do what God called you to do because marriage is a God idea. It's what God designed, and that's why he's in it. That's why he said once you join with your spouse, you ought to be inseparable. You ought to leave everybody else and you two be joined together. And so I'm grateful for those of you who are fighting for your marriage. So let's stand all over the place. I said I wanted to... I want to pray for marriage. And if if your spouse is here, will y'all come up? I just want us to pray. This is our last Sunday of our marriage and family. If you're seriously dating, bring bring your person up. But um, husbands and wives, I want you you to come up. And I want to say this again. And um, you all know that I I, I do believe that I hear from God and I hear him saying things uh, to me. And for all of those who have a heart for marriage, you're single right now, but you have a heart for marriage. God said in this season that this is a season of marriage that we're in right now. And the marriages that are going to be coming forward now are not these young people that are like in their 20s or or just now of marrying age. I saw middle age, late to middle age people that are being married. And I'm not trying to get you all caught up in some hopeful or wishful thinking. But this is what God said. If you're in the room and your spouse is not here, would you come in behind these couples? Couples, y'all take a step up. Another thing, too, I just want to uh, mention and add, and, you know, in a marriage, you ain't going to find nobody that's 100%. Everybody got their flaws. It's like you use the 80-20. You know, if they're giving me 80% of what I need, we got to know what 20% to charge to the game, right? Ain't nobody going to be perfect. So you got to charge that 20% to the game, whatever it might be. You got to look at the whole picture of it. And love will find a way. Independence will find a way out. So love will will try to find a way. Love will find a way. Independence will find a way out. So just focus on that. Charge that 20% to the game and love them for what they give you. And so couples, I want you to turn to each other. Y'all hold hands with each other. Face uh, one another. Um, For those of you who are, um, your spouse is not here, we're going to pray all the same. All the same. Keith, I kind of want to rumble. I want to do some warfare. Um, for the couples because some of you y'all need some stuff fought off of your relationship 
uh, fought off of your households. And so I'm going to fight for you. You fight for you. If some of you people who are, um, your spouse is not here, uh, grab a hold of an, a ladies, grab a hand, hold of another lady. Men, grab hold of another man so y'all brothers can stand together in that marriage. Don't grab a hold of nobody else's. <coughs> we don't need no more others. No more. But y'all stand together. Stand together. As you begin to pray for your spouse and pray for, for your marriage. And so, God, we thank you in this place for these your people, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for, for these marriages. We thank you, oh God, that what you have put together, thank you, Holy Spirit, that what you have put together... Oh, God, that no one is allowed to separate, not even the husband and the wife. I thank you, oh, God, that you are covering these homes, uh, that you are making all things new, God. And we come against uh, that which has come against their home and, and their communication and their relationship. We come against uh, what has come against their, their intimacy, God. In the name of Jesus, oh God, let them, oh God, be able to collaborate together. Let them have clarity, oh God. Let them have commitment. Let them recall their covenant. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the fight and the effort that the couples are putting forward even right now. I thank you, God. Renew their fight in their marriage. Oh God, we come against weariness and tiredness. Oh God, that those who have the towel in their hand, that, that they're ready to throw in the towel, I thank you, oh God, that they pull it back. Uh, that they say, I'll fight again. Uh, but my marriage has value. Uh, my marriage has weight. Uh, this is a gift from God. Uh, and so, God, I thank you for these marriages. Uh, those in this room uh, and those that are online, God, in the name of Jesus, uh, stir it up, God. Uh, stir up the marriage. Uh, stir up love. Uh, stir up togetherness. Uh, stir up the fight. Uh, God, in the name of Jesus, uh, stir up healthy communication, uh, stir up forgiveness, uh, my God, uh, stir up selflessness, uh, that they give themselves, oh God, to their relationship. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we call forward reconciliation. We call forward healing. Heal, God, in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray, oh God, for the others. Oh God, let there be healthy boundaries. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, let there be respect. Oh God, between the husband and the wife and the others. Let us put the others in their space. My God, in the name of Jesus. But we come against the others. At our homes and tearing at our marriages in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we just said thank you, God, for that what you were doing, oh God. And this husband and the wife, oh God, in their home, heal their home, heal brokenness, heal their marriage, heal sadness, heal depression in the name of Jesus. Bring back trust. Oh God, we come against doubt in one another in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit bless Holy Spirit bless the union God get in the middle of it in the name of Jesus let them keep the God who they are in you oh God we pray you be in the middle that we don't try to do marriage without you in the name 
name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, would you seal this up? Seal this up in them. Seal them up, God. Make them new. Renew them, God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we bless you. And we thank you for newness, for blessing. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, in the holy name of Jesus, bless them, keep them, bless them, keep them. God, what you put together, what you put together, what you put together, don't let anyone separate. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And thank you, Lord. I want to pray for one more group of people. And I want you to think about it before you come. But for those of you who really sincerely have a heart for marriage, you've been praying for that. I just want to touch and agree with you. That's right. That's right, Keisha. I want to pray for your marriage. I want to pray for what God wants to do through marriage. I want to pray that blessing. I pray y'all under that blessing that God is talking to me about. I don't know who all that is. But there is, a, there's a group of people that are not those 21-year-olds and those 18-year-olds. It's, it's not them. But God says, in this season, I am calling forward marriage. And y'all, we don't wish for, it's not wishful thinking. We pray for our God-given sent spouse. I'm not praying for a boyfriend. I'm not praying for a long-term relationship that does not end in marriage. That's not this prayer, y'all. God said that it's marriage in this season. And so I just want to touch and agree with you. With your heart with your, the weight that you're in, W-A-I-T, the weight. I just want to open your eyes. Let me see who it is, God. But some of us, they're in, right in front of you, but you're like, I don't think it's them. And God said, that's who it is. We heard, <laughs> that's who it is. We heard the pastor say, and he was talking because in the Bible, when God performed the first uh, marriage, he was putting Adam and Eve together. And David talked about it, that he, he created Eve. And then it said that he presented Eve to Adam. And the pastor prayed with us that we don't miss the presentation. I want you to be so healthy and in such a place, not desperate, not thirsty, but that you're in a place that you won't miss God's presentation. He brought the woman to him, said, this is who it is for you. And I don't want any of you to miss when God said, this is the person for you. 
Don't miss the priest. And because you're tied up in something wrong and in the wrong relationship that you might miss God's presentation or you too preoccupied with yourself to miss, you're going to miss God's presentation. But God put them together. They were able to see that this is who God has for me. And so I just want to touch and agree with you for this. I almost want to take a picture. You don't know why I want to take a picture. Because I believe when God talks to me. I believe when he says something to me. And so I want to see the brides and the grooms. Pastor Darren, that was on the altar this day. For what God is going to do. I'm trying to scan and scan. Y'all help me remember who they are. But Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, oh God, for these, your people. We thank you for their hearts, God. We thank you for what you're doing, oh God, in them. Oh God, that they're open, oh God, they are available. Don't allow them to miss the presentation. And so God, would you make them healthy? Make them healthy, oh God. Heal their hearts uh, that they are ready to receive uh, that which you are doing in this season for them. Uh, God, in the name of Jesus, uh, heal all of the past hurts. Uh, heal everything that has gotten in the way. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, touch their hearts uh, and prepare them for this. Give them how to make room. Room, oh God, for their spouse. Room, oh God, for who you're sending. Open eyes. Open their hearts. Let them, oh God, pull into you. Let them ask you again, God, who it is. Don't allow them to go the wrong way. Don't allow them, oh God, to engage in that which you have not sent. In the name of Jesus, marriage is a God idea. Give them, oh God, who you have called forward for them. In the name of Jesus, oh God, in the name of Jesus, make them healthy in the weight. Give them, oh God, a health in the weight. My God, in the name of Jesus, pour out Holy Spirit. Pour out, Holy Spirit. Make them complete before the marriage. My God, make them complete before the marriage. That they're not waiting to be married to be complete. I come against the brokenness that says I won't be whole until I'm married. No, God, you're making them whole right now. God, one plus one made one. And so I thank you, oh God, for the wholeness of these individuals in the name of Jesus. Even these, your young people, oh God, they desire a healthy, whole marriage in the name of Jesus. God, you'll be the blessing. You speak to them. Don't allow even these young men to miss the presentation. God, in the name of Jesus, for that you, you are presenting to them. In the name of Jesus, don't allow them, oh God. Don't allow it to be wasted. Oh God, if it's the wrong person, send them the other way. In the name of Jesus, if it's the wrong person, somebody that they should not engage with, send them the other way. In the name of Jesus, send them on and send who you have for me. And ready me, God. And ready me for this. Make me whole for this. And heal me for this, God. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Not just for marriage, but for you. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill them up. Because it's what you want to do in them. In the name. 
name of Jesus. Don't allow them to grow weary. Don't allow them to grow weary. Don't allow them to turn the wrong way. But God, let them be in you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Bless God. Bless God. You know who. You know when. You know where. God, in the name of Jesus, you know their heart's desire. And so, God, would you bless now, come. Oh, anointing, pour out upon your people. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm healthy. I'm doing the work now to be whole. I'm not waiting around for something else or someone else to make me whole. Oh, God, but I am with you. In the name of Jesus, my partner, my life partner, God, who you're sending for me. In the name of Jesus. And so, God, bless now. God, keep now. In the name of Jesus. God, even these young people, they don't want to be running around with everybody, God. They're desiring your choice. Oh, God, don't let them miss the presentation. Those of you are presenting, oh God, that one that you're sending to them specifically. We rebuke a spirit of desperation. God, we're not desperate. We're waiting upon you. My God, in the name of Jesus. And so God, God, even as they grow up, we thank you for healthy families. In the name of Jesus. Healthy lives. In the name of Jesus. Don't allow them to miss who you're sending. God, pierce their ears so they can hear you. Pierce their ears so that they know that it's you and that the wrong person cannot remain. Oh, God, but the right one. The right one. And so, Holy Spirit, Rain down in the lives of your people, Holy Spirit. Fill them to overflow, Holy Spirit. You be the threefold cord, Holy Spirit. Bless God in the name of Jesus. Oh God and Holy Spirit, we said thank you. Woo. Thank you for that which you are doing. Woo. In the name of Jesus. You all, uh, you, you can go to your seats. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, I'm not done with marriage. I am not finished with marriage. But let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. And so, God, we just, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you. Thank you for this month. We thank you for that which you are doing. If you not, have not, if you have not accepted Christ into your life, Y'all, this works with him. And we don't want to be those people that just call upon him when others are doing it. But we want to have a personal relationship with him. And so if you're in this place on today and you have not accepted Jesus into your life, it's a simple prayer. It's just a prayer that you invite him into your life. And so if you're in this place and you said, I need to, or I've been away for too long, and you might be saying, I, I don't understand. I'm not sure if I understand it. I'm not sure if I understand all of what you're saying. Y'all, we learn as we go. The first thing is I'm inviting you into my heart. 
because what I've been doing is not working. For some of you that are newlyweds and y'all going to get married and you know that you're seriously engaged or, or newly married, this is your opportunity to set a foundation with God. And so if you're in the room, let's say this all together. It's a simple prayer, but it's an effort. It's an invitation to invite him in. So let's say this all over the room. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I made some mistakes. But I know that God sent you. And so Jesus, I invite you to be the head of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And thank you, God. And so, Father God, seal this, amen, with your people, in your people, that they will never be the same after today. If you said that prayer for the first time, just raise your hand. We just have a book that we want to give you, amen. I see you, young man. If you said that prayer, amen, y'all, that's a celebration. That's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. If you said that prayer, anybody else that said, I said that for the first time and I'm willing to give Jesus a try. I see you, man. Amen. Y'all, let's celebrate. This is a celebration. Oh, God, and I thank you. I thank you for your people that have celebrated, that have accepted you on today. I thank you. Thank you, Mr. Foster, for sharing this space with me on today. And that is all um, what we will say is if you did not have an opportunity to give your um, tithing offering, you can do so now. There are several ways that you can give. You can cash app a new A, Aliante. Um, and please put your, your name in there because, you know, we have those screen names. So put your name in there. You can also um, text give 77977 to New Antioch, all one word. You can give that way. You can give with Monique in the back if you need to swipe your, your card um, to give. And also, if you have an envelope or if you want to, to give in cash or check, our sanctuary attendants um, are here uh, for you. Um, the other only other announcements we have are um, spring break. Um, it's spring. I got a few people that's excited about spring break. Y'all, spring break comes early. This district changed it. Thank you, Marais. The district changed that. And so every year we do a spring break, Pastor Parson and our youth staff, our children's staff, they take our children for that week. Um, and the dates are there. It's going to be March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, and that is for our youth grade 6 through 12. It's only $55, you all. And they do have a blast um, on those. Check out there at the table. See our youth director, um, Minister Chantel, is there in the back in the green. Um, if you have any questions, about signing up get them signed up today it's the best thing and tell them just instead of your kids just sitting at home on the video games and on on the ipads and phones let's bring them over here and they have a, such a good time with the other kids the other thing is our children's spring break camp and their ages are um three years old to fifth grade 
three years old. Y'all better bring them kids. Three years old to fifth grade, their theme is Jesus Rocks. And their, um, their dates are going to be the 14th, 15th, and 16th of March. They got field trips. They give them lunch. They're there with them, y'all. It is fantastic. Theirs is only $35. Three-year-olds up to fifth grade. See Minister Lamia. She's standing right here in the middle. You all sign up out there um, at the tables. Um, and I do believe that that is all that we have. For those of you um, who know that we are a member of, we got Dr. O last week, y'all. <laughs> they like, Dr. O came up last week. We got him. Um, but his, his flyer is going to roll. On, on the thing. Um, we are a member of FICAM. We're a family of churches. One of our family um, churches is having their anniversary. That's where Pastor Parson uh, ran out to um, this week. And so we're going to ski scatter over there. If you want to um, uh, catch them over there, see one of the pastors um, for the address. Um, and it is Pastor Frederick Wright. Um, he is, um, they're having his anniversary. So we're going to shoot over because we support one another. Y'all, we are in a fellowship of churches and so I do believe that that is all this is you are enough y'all see the flyer up there we had all of you men I'm gonna ask Dr. O because we had all of the men stand up last week and so Dr. O was able to come up and see all of the men in the house how many brothers have signed up for the free oh come on I see y'all men for the free conference with Dr. O, I see a few hands that did not go up. Y'all, please sign up. He got some of the baddest speakers over here on the West Coast. These men are, are going to pour into you. My husband always says, he said, the women always doing something. What the men got? Y'all got a conference that's coming up that's going to be on March 2nd. It's going to be right here in the house. Dr. O put it together. Y'all got something. And don't miss it. And then it'll be like, oh, I should have went. Oh, I should have made room. It's free. The only thing you need to do is make some time to be there. Yes? Yes. Let's stand all over the place. Pastor Renee, will you come and pray us out as I head to the door? Amen. Everybody give it one more clap for Pastor Sharonda. She did an amazing, amazing job this month. We enjoyed the love that you gave us and through the word of God. So thank you so much. Um, and amen to Pastor David. Where he at? He low key. He low key. We see you, David. <laughs> So, Father, in the name of Jesus, make sure you guys see Pastor Sharonda on her way out. She'll be at the door. But we just thank you for coming today, and I hope all the visitors enjoyed themselves. Come back and see us again. We're here every Sunday at 1230. This is where Jesus is. So come meet him. Father God, we just thank you for this time, God. We thank you for this hour, God. We thank you for these people, oh God, who have gathered on one accord to hear a word from you, oh God. Now bless them as they go out into the, their day, their week, oh God. Be their eyes, their ears, their hands, God. Tell them and show them exactly the people that you have for them, oh God. Speak a word into their life, oh God. Keep them safe. Let no weapon formed against them prosper, God. I pray for their just one, God, as they go out into the community, If you're community, looking for oh God, a church, that you would be we able have to three campuses conveniently them, located God. across so the bless you for what you will do we have and how you our essential campus Jesus name, that's 2909 west washington everybody. service time is at 9 a.m on sunday mornings next we have our aliante campus that's 2550 nature park drive suite 100 north las vegas nevada 89084 service time is at 12 30 p.m on sundays then we have our sunrise christian fellowship their service is at saturday at 6 p.m. at 4344 West Cheyenne.
So we look forward to seeing you. Come on in, meet Jesus, change your life, and find your purpose. We promise you, your life will never be the same once you step foot in any of our new Antioch Christian Fellowship campuses.